Good day. Welcome here to SportsTaz.ie. I'm Darren Kelly, and it's time for SportsTaz Football, our weekly magazine focusing on the TG Car All-Ireland Football Championships. We're not focusing on the preview of many games this week because there's only one adult game of note. Cavan against Westmead in relegation. We'll talk about that later with myself and my partner in crime, Neve Kendlin. Hi, Neve. Hi, Darren. How are you? I was getting carried away with the build-up to the show. I forgot to say hello to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> we still have plenty to talk about today. What we're assuming will be a shorter show, but you'll not be one bit surprised if the length of time you listen to us this week is as long as any other week. Later on, we're going to uh, look at um, the minor and under-16 Ladies Football Championship. Sue Carr announced the sponsor for the former. We look back at our Maz game against Monaghan last weekend and also we head to Cameron against Westmead, that relegation match this weekend. We talk about New York's visit to Ireland and their games against Antrim and Limerick. A little bit, a bit of a cock up and leash. We're going to have a bit of fun at their expense. And we're also going to talk about tra- a very tragic story. A young girl from Ballymacabry, Ashley Kennedy, and fundraiser going on for her at the moment after her life. You know, drastically changing event that happened to her back in April. But Neve, we're going to start as we record the show. The news came out of the fixture details for the TG Carr All-Ireland Senior Football quarterfinals. We touched on it a bit in the third half on Tuesday, but we know our two live games. It's going to be Armagh against Kerry, Mead against Galway. We're off to Tullamore on Saturday week. That's right, Darren. Um, I suppose four eager, eagerly anticipated quarterfinals um, all out the same day, and we'll have to be have eyes and get the car moving to all di- directions in a sense to try and pick in all the games. But yeah, um, the two, as you said, the two live games are you know, Mead Galway and Armagh Kerry, which would be very interesting. And then obviously Dublin, Donegal go to Carrick and Shannon and Cork and Mayo go to, is it Clare, I think that one game is in? Uh, down in Cusick Park in Ennis. Mm, uh, that's Ennis. correct. Just thinking the live games first, I think it was always a shoe in Armagh and Kerry was going to be one of them. It's the rematch of the league final, I thought. But personally, myself, I thought it had to be one of the two of them. Uh, Mead against Galway, it's a unique pairing. Would you believe this? I was checking out today in my other job at home. Uh, the last time they played in a competitive match was 2014. And it was a National Division Two League semi-final. Galway won 321 to 11 points, but Mead, of course, were spiralling down before their resurrection. In the championship, you have to go back to 2006. They actually went to a replay. Uh, they drew in Port Leash, 311 to 117. Galway won the replay in Breffney Park the following week, uh, 210 to 15 points. Goals with Miguel Concanon and Gillian Joyce. That's all of memory as well. So you're going back 16 years since the last played in the championship. Good. And it's a very different, both very different teams since then, Darren. Um, you know, across the board, I mean, as you mentioned, Edel Concanon, Gillian, Gillian Joyce. God, it's a long time since we heard their names around um, floated around the Galway setup. Obviously, Edel is back involved coaching in. in, in um, in Galway, which is great to see at at, um, at county level, but yeah, it's it's going to be very different team, and it's, as you said, a very unique pairing, and it's it's very um, as I said, all four games will be very interesting, and that will certainly um, uh, be one that will be uh, very inter- Everyone will be will have great interest in it. Oregon, Texas, and Galway get disappointed that it's on the same day as the men's match. It's not at the same time. We touched on this in the third half as well. Obviously more look at clashes should have happened at the start of the year it's not going to change much now as well but at least I suppose we knew it was going to happen on the 9th of July we're not going to get in should it or shouldn't have happened we already talked about that at least anyway it's not on at the same time so it gives Galway people an option to watch both matches the men of course being Derry in their semi-final half five at the same day yeah well I suppose that's the only thing at least it's not a complete clash 
Um, obviously, we hope that that game doesn't go to uh, extra time and penalties in Crow Park like we had last week. But um, apart from that, it shouldn't clash. And, you know, we'll give Gala people you know, time, I suppose, to get out of Crow Park and maybe pull in somewhere and, and watch the game on the way down the road. I do feel I owe you a conversation about penalties and 30 metre kicks uh, for quite some time and after experiencing the men were going our mad this weekend I think that conversation needs to take place stage we get a chance over the next um, few weeks as well because again and I suppose the first full year of the split season and the condensed calendar everybody's having chats about what's right what's wrong and all that um, yeah for Galway people in particular anyway I think that's the only clash of note that day they won't want to see the men's match going to extra time let alone penalties well obviously they'll hope to have the, the, the job done in normal time this time and, and stay ahead Darren unlike what they did last week but yeah um, you know, I suppose uh, that was a very unique thing last week with, with the men's game. And I was very uh, lucky and, and delighted to be at the games and, and to witness it alive. And I suppose it's my situation, obviously being there as a neutral, it was lovely to be there and, you know, really soak up the atmosphere. And it was brilliant to see Crow Park back um, almost to full capacity after, um, I think it's a thousand days uh, since it was, it was back to full capacity. So it was brilliant to be there. But as you said, uh, the ladies game is on now and we're hoping, and I've seen even Armagh, um, on Armagh's um, Twitter pages, they're already calling for people not to take down their flags. Obviously, their men are out of the championship, but they're hoping that the, the, the flags and the support will continue for the for the ladies as their crest for all our glory. And it should do as well, because look, we've always been conscious enough here not to compare the men and the women too often. It does come up in conversation and we have to mention it every now and again, but there's a lot of people preaching. Now let's practice 100%. Armagh people, get behind your team. You know what I mean? Because this Armagh team Eve, has, an, has a chance of winning the All-Ireland. It mightn't be one of our predictions, but if you're picking a dark horse, you know, Armagh are definitely in that conversation. Definitely so, Darren. And I mean, you know, I suppose we're, I suppose this is this will be the real test. Now, this game, um, in a sense, you know, back against Kerry again. And, you know, we would have been putting them a uh, shoe in to beat Kerry in that league final. And, you know, that didn't happen, but they've, I suppose, they've found a bit of form since then and you'd be feeling that, that, that this would be their stepping stone into an all semi semi-final and, you know, and, and possibly further afield. Um, you know, and obviously that's the way, the tactical way their management team are thinking as well at, at, at the way they set up for, for this quarter-final and looking maybe looking further and looking to get in Crow Park um, for the all final. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, especially the influence of the games. We're going to be talking about our man Monaghan in the second part of the show, so we'll leave them there at the moment. Dublin Donegal up in Carrick and Shannon. I suppose Dublin people won't be happy to not live in telly. Donegal will probably fancy a crack at this in Carrick. Yeah, I'd say Donegal would, would really will. Um, you know, Carrick and Shannon would be known as being a smaller type pitch, I'd imagine, a bit closed in, a bit tighter. And I think it might work to Donegal's advantage. Um, you know, probably have... A, like I suppose, I suppose the LGFA and, and fixtures have to try and you know they do look at at, at trying to get the halfway venues for, for the two the two teams involved. Um, you know, but I suppose it's not too far down. I suppose if you look at the, at the top end of Donegal, it's probably a right spin down to Carrick Channel. But you know, it is it is fairly neutral venue for the two teams, and you know Donegal would really look forward to. I suppose obviously they they had that smash and grab in the league semi final, and they'll be looking to to emulate the same um, in this quarter final. I have a question to ask you, Neve, because it just came in there today. The Cork, or sorry, the Donegal Dublin match and the Cork Mayo match are live on the uh, TG Carr's YouTube page. Okay, the other two games in Tullamore are live on television. Is that fair on people who've paid the subscription? Because the people who paid fifty euro for the year, you know, to watch the games, 
except when the game is live on television. You know, and I know it's going to be free on TG Car YouTube channel, but I mean, it's not fair because a lot of people would have assumed that if their game wasn't live on TV, they were going to get coverage on the subscription service they paid for already. Or does anybody really care because it's free anyway? Okay. I don't think it'd be a big issue, Darren. I suppose you still have all the other games that, you know, even the intermediate games, everything else has been free and the league is, well, not been free, but that 50 euro has covered a multitude in fairness, has covered all the league games um, uh, with the exception of the games that TG Car have covered. So I, I don't think it's, it'll be, a, I don't think it should be an issue. I think you, know, you still get them as you free to air on TG Car, so you still have the option. Um, and I mean, that's worldwide as well. So they can, they have the option to, to watch it there. Dublin Duddy Goal is on at 2 o'clock we're not previewing games of course this week we will be doing all that next week's show because the games of course aren't on until Saturday week Cork and Mayo um, I'm working on getting the Mayo guest for next week but I don't want to say any more at the moment um, look on form Cork are red hot favourites here and we, we talked about it in depth on the third half what Mayo need to do as well uh, in a spare halfway venue both teams were relish it normally a good atmosphere in Alice. Yeah, exactly. That is, that is the case. Um, you know, I suppose these teams have met a good bit over the, over the last number of years. Um, you know, and probably Cork have come out on top in, in all the occasions. Um, but this this will be, you know, I suppose if, if Mayo saving saving one big game to, to, you know, one big performance, this is the one they need to get at us. Um, you know, and I mean, it, it's, I suppose when you get Cork, it, when they get a bit further, Cork was always harder to beat. So, you know, if any team can get them, or any team can get them at this stage, it, it, there's always a chance that they could slip up and, you know, it, it could be Mayo's opportunity, but they have to improve um, a lot, Darren, from from the, the two previous games we've seen them in, in particular against Dublin last week. We look forward to all four games on Saturday week. We will be previewing in, in detail our Magans, Kerry and Mead against Galway in next week's show, but we will be also looking at Dublin, Donegal and Cork and Mayo. We won't be having a third half next week as well, so all our usual news will be wrapped up in that show as well. Uh, Nee, we're going to move on and we'll talk about our man Monaghan in the second part of the show, but a bit of news coming out on the, the day here that we're recording. I'm just trying to get it up here in front of me, but Sukar have been confirmed Confirmed as sponsors for the All Ireland Minor Football Championships, they're all returning at the end of July. And again, more great news for the LGFA extending their partnership with Sue Carr as well, and add a bit of prestige to these competitions. Yeah, and that's the brilliant thing. I think I suppose it's 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 where the LGFA is at at the moment, Darren. It's a very popular and fastly growing sport, and. You know, these big companies are now seeing that it's a, it's, you know, it's a way of getting their, their companies out there and, um, you know, and getting, you know, getting great publicity. And I mean, it, it's brilliant to see it's not just the senior grades getting the sponsorships behind them. Um, you know, that the, the likes of the minors are, are getting that, you know, badly needed sponsors. Um, and it's great for Zucar and it, it's great, as I said, great for the minor competition and great for the LGFA. Yeah, there's a press release will be up in sportsdance.ie on Wednesday morning. There's also interviews with Jackie Kinch uh, from Wicklow and Cathy Carey from Antrim as well, probably up already. Neve Heddleton from Dublin was at that launch as well. I don't know if there's anything coming from her too, but the story's there to be told as well. And we wish all teams the best of luck. And of course, talking about that, that's on the 20th of July. Neve, tonight, that's Wednesday night, depending on when you're uh, watching or listening to us. 
course, uh, the All-Ireland Under-16 Championship semi-finals take place. I know um, for your own team, Neve, you'd be disappointed you're not in falls. Obviously, Galway uh, didn't get through as well in uh, Connacht, but some great opportunities there as well. Like the six matches taking place, all thrown in at half seven. Just looking quickly at them, um, the A semi-finals, Cavan against Cork, that's in Nina. Dublin against Ross Common, that's in Kenny Gad. Um, I know it was a very competitive Connacht Championship this year, Neve. So Dublin Ross Common, you'd imagine it'll be a good cracker. And of course, you know an awful lot about that Cavan team, and Cork always produce good young players. Yeah, that's the thing, Darren. Uh, you know, four counties definitely are, you know, have been there or thereabouts at underage level in the last couple of years. Um, obviously, this group, um, if you go back two years, this is doing the 14 teams that wouldn't have got any county football on the 14 because of COVID. Um, you know, and obviously it's great to see the All-Ireland Series back. You know that we, um, we in Monaghan and, and Kerry-Ann Walsh in particular did a lot to try and get the, the series um, held last year. It didn't happen, unfortunately, but it's great after two years of, of no All-Ireland Series that it is back and it's firstly and foremost brilliant to see. Um, but yeah, Cavan in particular, I suppose, as I said, I, I know I know about them. Cavan, very, very strong in Ulster and sort of, you know, really uh, sort of cakewalked the, the, All-Ireland, the Ulster championship in, in, in um, Ulster this year. So they're very strong. But as you said, Cork, I've always been there. The last one, the the competition, I think in 2014, but they've been in 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 the um, there or thereabouts the last couple of years um, in at the final stages. Yeah, it's going to be a very strong competition as well. If you're out and about, if your own county's involved, get out. I'm not going to go name checking players now because you, you'll always be leaving names out, and uh, especially for an age so young. But they're the A semi finals, the B semi finals in Termin Barry. I think that's a Roscommon venue. Donegal against Tipperary. That's also at half seven. And Kildare against Mayo, uh, St. Folia's Bally League. That game takes place. And I know the Mayo team are very strong in Connacht this year as well. And Eve, you'll be familiar with the Dun- Goal team and just quickly the C semi finals Armagh against Limerick that's in Tang at half seven and Leitrim against Longford in Mullahorn at half seven. A lot of games around the Midlands. I should really get out to one of them, but look, there'll be a great standard of football overall. Yeah, definitely. So across the board, um, it, it will be Darren. I, I suppose the only thing it is, it's just a pity it's on a Wednesday evening. Um, you know, I know, I know, I understand the reasons, and I suppose it's the, the short calendar um, window again. But it's just a pity for for supporters a Wednesday evening. You know, like, like you said, you know, for any of them games for me, if I wanted to go down them games, you'd need to have to take a half day of work to try and get down for them. So it is a pity um, that the hour on a Wednesday and anyone, any, anyone with family or, or, you know, family involved, obviously, or any with family, sorry, playing, with daughters playing, um, you know, they have to arrange their whole day around and make sure they're kind of off that day or even for parents to arrange to get players to the bus and stuff. So it is a right spin, uh, you know, down the country to the Midlands for, for any teams that have to travel, but... You know, this is the the I suppose this has been the case over the last number of years where it's been midweek games. Um, but you know, I suppose I, I I've just realised that it, it is a pity for for teams travelling and if I can get the support for that reason. Yeah, like I actually one thing if the weekend dates are tight, maybe a Friday evening could be looked at as well because. Uh, it's easier to have a bit of scope with work too but when you have long games like Cavan and Cork for example long distance don't you go Tipperary uh, that can be they can be issues as well but the best look to all teams involved in a way and we definitely will look more detail leading up to the under 16 finals when they take place that's it for the first part of the show when we come back we're going to talk a bit of football we're going to look back at our Ma against Monaghan look ahead to Cavan against Westmead on our weekly AFLW column I like listening to sports stars because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him.
Darren Kelly. So welcome back here to Sports Stars Football. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Neve Kendall. Neve, I said the middle part of the show is going to be uh, more football oriented in regards to stuff we normally talk about. I joked about AFLW, but of course you even said it to me in the third half um, before we recorded. We hadn't talked about a player yet, but we have news. Anya McDonough, we touched on her before. It's been confirmed. She is joining Aileen Gilroy at Hawthorne in Melbourne. And that signing is confirmed. That's right, Darren. Um, you know, as you said, she's I suppose she's a multi-talented um, sports person, and obviously, um, as you said, with um, the NUIG Mystics um, in basketball, and obviously played football. She's only twenty-three years of age, a very a young girl, um, and you know, with with you know, and, and such ability at such a young age, still, um, she's she'll make the twentieth player for for um, Irish player to go down under for for the the coming season. And you know, I suppose she has played. She didn't play any football with with Galway this year, but she's played. Um, obviously in that final in 2019 and, and she was joined the panel in 2018 as well. So, you know, she will be um, a big asset to them and they're very looking forward to um, the Melbourne club. are looking forward to have her down there. She'd be a particular, she'd be a blow for Galway anyway. She'd be a blow, blow for Mike Willen, but she'd be a particular blow for NUIG Mystics because she's had a super year of basketball. They got promoted, they won two national titles as well uh, and nearly did a triple. Um, a massive lo- loss for her double, a great athlete too. And uh, knowing Anya, it, it's a sport that would probably suit her. Yeah, that's right. Like, I mean, you know, she's it's, 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 like, it, it proves the fact that she's involved in so many sports at a high level, Darren, that. You know, basically, and she throws her hand. That she is is good at, and you know, she's she's young and she's got a lot of um, brilliant attributes. Obviously, very athletic, and obviously with the basketball, she's you know good catch and good feel with the ball, and all those um, attributes will 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 pay dividend in the AFLW, and and it'll really really set her up for for a good season. And obviously, having Aileen Gilroy down there as well is is a good support for her, and, and you know it'll help her bring her along. He has a new franchise, Hawthorne, in the AFLW. We wish Anya the very, very best of luck in that. And we'll keep you updated on more players as they go down. Neve, let's look back before we move forward. Armagh against Monaghan um, last week. Armagh winning by 14 points. Not enough to overtake Mead, but enough to guarantee their place in the quarterfinals. Just before we get into that game, we were talking in the third half about Monaghan integrating young players. And look, we know young players have been brought into the squads in recent years under various different Managements as well, and have been given an opportunity, but as opposed to having been fully integrated into making a starting team as well. The Garlands aside, Jane Drury maybe um, struggled to think of names as well. But we weren't like we weren't saying that they weren't be given a chance. It's just they haven't seemed to come through, and that's why this exodus this year has really stood out from on him. That's right, Darren, and that is that has been the case. Um, you know that's is so true. There's there's players that's been there, but I suppose the questions probably have to ask ask of the players as well as to why they haven't stepped up and. And integrate themselves into the thing. I know there's a couple of girls, um, you know, obviously have gone on J ones as well. But you didn't mention um, Jennifer Duffy's away on a J one. There's a couple of girls that, that they would have had to the league that have actually since left as well for for various reasons, going traveling and, and whatnot. So yeah, it is, um, you know, and that's that's where that's the, the problem when you had this exodus of, of players that's committed for over 15 years, and then you know you, you don't have the step up, and, and you know that's where the fall down comes. And unfortunately, that's that's the position Mullins in at the moment where the small panel and um you know a lot of uh, inexperienced girls and girls is just trying to find their feet at the moment and it's it's at a high level and it's just difficult to do so 
Yeah, like I think the thing as well we're trying to say is that like we were talking about players there there for a long time, and of course when they depart, you feel that gaping hole as well. And it's as much the responsibility of the players to take those jerseys as it is for any management uh, to give give them a jersey as well. But what we probably found in some counties, like you know, is that uh, the jerseys weren't being taken off the older people. So when when it got to this situation that some of them went, and then of course the first year, I hate saying post COVID because we know it's not gone away, but the first year of a more normalised world. Um, there's a lot of young people going now as well and that was the point I was making is that I think a lot of let their counties down because you know for any county to succeed you can't have like 15-20 people going away and that's what's happened in the likes of Mon and Westmead That's right that's it Darren exactly and you know as you said you know equally we just we did mention Jennifer Duffy and players like that that is going away like as you said the last two years they didn't get the opportunity to go on J1s and maybe if they'd got them, they may have, them have had that done and that sort of out of their system and they'd be back and, and part of the panel now again. And, you know, it, it wouldn't have been as obvious that these players, um, you know, the, the older players leaving. So, yeah, it is. It's a difficult one. Um, and as unfortunately, at this moment, um, Westmead and Monaghan are two teams that's really suffering at the fact. And, um, you know, I suppose we, we don't know. Obviously, they're, they're both have two relegation games to play, but or have a game, a relegation game to play each. But, you know, there, there's um, from looking in from the outside, that's the way they're, they're setting up. Let's look at our man against Monaghan. I was in my car when I got the score and I just laughed because we should have known it was going to be close. So our man were red hot favourites to win the game. Let's call it as it was to come up one point short of meat, you know, when it looked all certain. It was just, um, you've a bear taking it too, but they just couldn't get the couple of points they needed to give themselves top place in the group. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't get or didn't want, Darren. I, I would beg to ask that question. Uh, I know Jerome Quinn tried to get that answer off um, Ronan Murphy after the game as well, and he wasn't giving much away. But, you know, Monon or Arma had the wind in the second half, and they only scored three points, Darren. Uh, they scored the third of those points in the, with 11 minutes to go, and they did not attempt to get another score after that. They held on to the ball, they kicked the ball back and forth out the field and didn't try. And I suppose, unfortunately for um, from Monaghan's point of view, they were trying to win the ball back and trying to turn over the ball. But, you know, Armagh were just playing keep ball. And, you know, it's fine to watch that for two minutes. But watching it for nearly 11 minutes, it was hard to watch now. And, you know, I, I don't care. I mean, as, as I said earlier on there, uh, it's it's obviously been tactical on Armagh's point of view. They obviously want to go and avoid Dublin in the semi-final. Um, but they now have a big match against Kerry, who's already beaten them this year. And... My point of view, I would go out to win every game. When I was a player, when I coached any team, you go out to win every game. And I just think it was a strange one. I know they won the game, but you know, to not to go and win it properly, I, I just think it was a strange, um, strange one for, for to watch, like and a strange one, strange decision for them to make, to be honest. Now look, we have to be careful as well. Like uh, you said, Armad did go out to win the game as well, and I will admit when I saw the score and I thought they were on course. So we don't want to be we're not we're not using Armad of anything. It's just they came up short, but. Uh, this was always the fear of the LGFA and the, the bit too organised with all this stuff out, you know. Um, like, and we touched on it here before Galway, Kerry, look, Kerry won on the day and, and, and deserved their group winners, but there was never much in it. And knowing the format, like, you, the argument could be made as well that Mead would have rather been a different half of the draw to Dublin, too, like, because they played first and they got their result, too. So there was all that fear was always there, which is a reason I don't like groups of three. I think groups of four should be minimum. Um, but the people who do look at pathways 
and it's not just Armagh. I'd say all the teams in there were looking at their pathways uh, to the knockout stages and whether Armagh are down the pathway they want to be down now or was they just unfortunate that maybe they were a bit too conservative and didn't seize the opportunity to get a couple of scores. Uh, the, reality, the reality is they're true anyway. They got the job done and that's more down the format of the competition as much as what Armagh or any other team attempted to do. Yeah, well, I think I, I miss the fact, uh, Darren, that... Uh, you know, it wasn't an open draw again. Like I, I remember years ago when, when I was still playing, I, I could vividly remember like there was a draw happening and we had trained the same night. And I actually remember we begged, you know, it must be four phones or something because we begged to go up to the nearby nearby uh, premises, <laughs> I wouldn't say what it was, um, to watch the draw being made live on TG Carher because that was when it was done. I remember being at games um, over the years and right after the game ended, the, the live match ended, they did the draw live there. I miss that fact. I think that's something that, you know, as you said, it, it sort of sets it up that everyone's like already looking towards their, their place and, and who they're playing and who's up next. And I think it, it takes that, that sort of element of surprise and elements of, of possible different matchups um, happening. And it's just a pity that it is, it has been set up and, and you know, it maybe teams have been looking at that path and, and looking at the fact that, um, tr- like I suppose, looking at maybe avoiding, uh, avoiding Dublin and Mead has been the easier path. We're all in agreement here, and we've said it before, that the draw should not have been made before the provincial championships were done. All right? Like, there was this whole semi-final, semi-final too. Like, we got confused with Lee Schnoffley in the Leinster Intermediate Championship. You know, down Leinster winners, all that. Like, it was ridiculous, and I don't understand why a deadline could not be set on the provinces of two weeks before the start of the All-Ireland Championship and then say, right, we're going to do the draw with three po- three bowls here. The provincial winners are in one, the provincial runners up are in two, but they can't play a provincial winner. And there's no reason why any pro- teams from the same province should have ended up in the same group as happened in the case of our man Monaghan and Cork and Waterford. And that could be all done, as you just said, they're live in TG Cahar or live on the LGFA Facebook page, whatever way they wanted to do. They've done it before, Neve. They've done yeah. draws in recent memory as well, not just when you're playing, but in recent memory. And it was excitement about the draw. This whole crack of having it all back, who's who and all that. And you're completely confused. Like who's semi-final one, who's semi-final two and all that. There was no need for it. If you're doing four groups, do a draw the start of the group stages, do a draw at the start of the quarterfinals when everyone's through and bang, off you go. Yeah, totally. Because I think, you know, I don't know if, if actually I was going to say is the reason, you know, because players want to know when they're out. But if you have your dates, then, you know, I mean, who you're playing is irrelevant. Like, you know, so, you know, if you know the dates, I know that was an issue. Um, I remember again a couple of years ago they used to have well, a very, sorry for Kutnini, they didn't night. know their position in, in the province when this draw was done so like that, that doesn't wash regards players because like let's take the situation with Ulster Sherman Donegal they didn't know who's going to be in Cork's group or who's going to be in Mead's group as well so like rightfully we should be accommodating players and schedules as best we can but they can't be dictating it either like you know at the end of the day the, the competition is there these are the weekends they are on that's what should be done in at least two weeks in advance confirm whether the game's on a Saturday or Sunday the draw could have been done then the fixture schedule could have been done and then the quarterfinal draw could have been done uh, we have a two-week gap to the quarterfinals. The quarterfinal draw could easily have been done last Saturday after the two live games of DG Car. Yeah, a hundred percent. And as I'm saying, like you know, I, I know the, 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 there was an issue. There was a time where they used to do two quarterfinals one weekend and two the next weekend. He didn't know when the draw was going to be, and he didn't know which quarterfinal you're in. So you might be out this weekend or the following Saturday. And that I remember that was 
um, there was a bit of, uh, you know, it was it was difficult to get your schedules right um, around that situation. But the fact that all four quarterfinals the same weekend, and um, the semi-finals the same weekend, you know, there should be no issues by doing by not doing just live draw. Like, and as I said, the excitement that that would would have built up and it would have made, you know, a lot more people tune in to last weekend's games because effectively, especially the second game was a dead rubber in a sense. So it would have, it would have, um, you know, drummed up way more support um, for people to, to tune in and watch the, watch the live draw as well. So, you know, it is a pity. And I think there has been an element of, of tactical, tactical tactics used for the best um, path to, the, to get into an all-iron final. And, you know, I think Armagh finished, finished in second place um, they feel is that is the best option for them. Yeah, look, the format leaves, leaves itself there as well. And look, we can't criticise the LGFA for being, being organised with their competition and all that, but you leave yourself so open as well. And like, let's call it spade a spade. It's been a very boring TG Car Senior Championship so far. Our Kerry against Galway and our Magans meet. It's struggled to pick a game. Mayo against Cavan maybe, fair enough. But I mean, you know, it hasn't really worked. Like, I'm hoping Saturday week is going to just throw this wide open and we're going to have a blast because... You know, in fairness, we've been labouring through these group games. Yeah, that's the thing, Darren. And we are crying out for for a good game, as you said. You know, an excitement game, and back to the you know the excitement of those you know the the Mead Armagh semi final last year, and you know the, or sorry quarter final that semi final between Cork and Mead, like you know infamous game where they went to extra time and how that all changed. You know, so we, we're looking out for these games, and you're right, we haven't seen them in these group stages at all. And you know, I suppose we're back to the the, the eight teams that we expected to be in the quarterfinals. And I suppose now we're hoping, like, you know, I suppose that the games are going to be more competitive now. And, you know, I suppose it's knockout from here on in as well. So um, you hope that they are, um, they are better games. I suppose, in fairness as well, the LGFA will argue the 13 players, they've condensed window, they're playing catch-up, they're trying to find a format that works. Um, next year, they'll be going to 12. That decision has been made. The following year, the intermediate will go to 12. I'm assuming that's the way they're going as well. What would you like to see the format being like? I've looked at one with two groups of six. I've looked at one with um, double d- d- knockout, double defeat, double defeat, knockout, like one backdoor type of thing to keep every game meaningful as well. But like, what way is the way forward to have this championship vibrant from day one until the final? Yeah, that is that is the thing, Darren. And like, I don't know. I suppose if, if you did two groups six, like, do they have enough game, enough weekends to play? You know, five games, find find five games, and have, have a top two in each side playing. Or see, then do you, do you go top two and go straight into semi-finals? I don't know. It is. It's a hard to work out. Like I mean, as I said, I, I've been. You know, we we've talked about this before, but I I obviously a big fan of trying to get more senior teams, and obviously it's gone for this option of going the other way, where it's it's um you know it's only twelve senior teams, and I think that's a pity. I think there's definitely teams um. You know, the lower side of twelve of the twelve, like of the lower side of these eight, there's four teams I think in, in the senior division that's, you know, are uh, could get a good match out of the four top teams in the intermediate. So I think there's something to be, uh, uh, you know, there's something to be worked on there. I think it's a pity, but um, that aside, I don't know. I suppose they've already, I'm sure, with their thinking to put in twelve teams, they obviously have a, a plan in place. I hope it gives more, as you said, you know, if it gives more games, but that have to be more competitive games, and that's it can't that's be four groups thing. of three. No, even three groups of four is better again. than four groups of three, yeah. and, you know, and have a then senior, that, senior that, be in it, like you know. But I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, that's enough. Four three, four groups of three never worked since it was brought in. There was one exciting group there. I think the one that Donegal went down the group stages in twenty nineteen, but it's never worked, and it's been it's it's been boring. I remember one year, I can't remember was it eighteen or nineteen, but I remember one year we were in Burr, 
And sure, the only Armand Monin actually was sort of the last spot because they drew or something. And I think Armand had to avoid losing to Cork by a certain amount or something like that. But it was boring. So after COVID, understandably, 2020, it was a necessity. I suppose everything was late getting going last year, like, you know, all that is grand. But back this year now as well, this is first year back, so everyone gets a pass. But no, 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 no. <laughs> we don't want four groups of three. It's boring. It's not exciting. Yes, the intermediate was exciting, but that was an exception. They're so competitive. Um, as you said, there are two groups of six. Fair enough. I don't know if the weekends are there. You need a minimum of eight weekends. And you can't have them running back to back. If you go the double knockout for format, you you're only guaranteeing everyone two games. But then again, if you bring the league back to eight teams in it, you know that that can work as well. Like like inter county players, like is twelve guaranteed matches a year fair enough for them? Is that a fair number? Or is that too low or too high? Yeah, well, it's mad. Like, I think, I think if the league gets back to norm to, to normal and where it's seven games or whatever it has been in the past, it's seven games, seven group games. Yeah, seven group be. games, and there used to be semis and finals, but I think there were semis and finals. Really the semis, but which is fair enough. But two up, two down. But that's that's a different conversation. But guaranteed the seven or eight games. But guaranteed seven or eight games, and then you know, if you like, I mean, it's, obviously there's way more teams now, and you can't look back to the the past when it was just like old school of of uh, you know like a straight semi-final and a final like you know and, and whatever that was just the way it was but you know you do expect I mean obviously for players you need to have you need to have more games and more more competitive games and you know I think I think 12 is is sufficient to be honest but I think it needs that first and foremost the league needs to get back to normality and get that back back in a, in a situation and then if you get two or three championship games I think that's that suffice as well. So, you know, but I hope I hope to have like they they obviously have thoughts on it when they're trying to get down to twelve. They obviously have a plan of what they're thinking, and uh, maybe they're getting feedback from the players' groups as well. I know they obviously they were, have the, in the past. We're hoping to go to two groups of six in twenty twenty before COVID struck. Well, then that's obviously the way they're thinking, and also you know I know they've gotten a lot of feedback from players, and you know in fairness to the LGFA, they're brilliant at you know sending out surveys and trying to get as much feedback from players um, as possible around the, around the country like so um, you know and try to uh, put together as much um, information as, as, they can, what, as, as to what players are looking for what players want and you hope that they'll continue to do that Yeah well the, the, the players have good input into the LGFA as well so hopefully they will do that as well but we just want to see something a bit better uh, we talked about them going out to 12 we're going to relegate one of our teams this coming Sunday 1 o'clock in Longford because of guard stakes there's no games down but Kevin are playing Westmead um, obviously that's been done to avoid clashing with the Talton Cup the following week Yeah that's right Darren and I suppose like we spoke about that um, last night that you hope that um, you know it, it's good that this obviously the two teams have have uh, come up to come come up with this ag- agreement to, to to bring these games, bring this game a week earlier, and um, to avoid that game. And you know, I suppose it's, it's I suppose it, it keeps momentum going. Um, for the two teams, obviously, both teams lost last weekend, um, and have lost all their games, haven't they? Uh, yeah, they've lost all their games. Both teams have lost. Yeah, Kevin have lost. Kevin have lost three times. Lost, and, and lost three times. Yeah. So, um, you know, so I suppose it's it's keeping the momentum going. It it, it gives them. Uh, you know, I suppose, it, you know, rather than a week of thinking about the relegation, that they'd have to just strike with iron shot now and, and see who comes out on top. And I mean, you know, there was parts of Westmead's game against Kerry. They were only 1-8 to 4 points down at half time. Um, 
No, but obviously the, the second half and obviously with the wind and everything last weekend, it had a big factor and ended up 217 to 9. Um, so a big loss for them. And obviously we know what way Cavan ended up against Tipperary last minute goal, but they should have been further ahead um, prior to that and not been in that situation, um, Darren. But, you know, they have to live with that now and, and look, um, look to Longford on, on Sunday and hope they can get a result. The one thing going for Cavan was they had that game after we knocked out the championship. So um, they should be able to recover from that loss to Tipperary quick enough and, and and not be rattled as much as some teams we discussed yesterday can be. For Westmead, like it does feel like they've been like the dead man walking or for quite some time, like you know, and but then again, they could be inspired this day. They have absolutely nothing to lose. Uh, they're going to be up against it. Like there's another thing. I don't think intermediate champions should be going down the following year. But that's another conversation for again. I'm having lots of conversations for again today. Show <laughs> we're going to have to have a podcast oh. on its own for it, Darren. <laughs> I'll just do a, a one man podcast someday. Just things I just want to rant about. Like <laughs> you could just be there to supervise and make sure I don't say anything to get us in trouble. Um, it's do Westmead have a chance in this game? Like it's it's hard to say, Darren. Like I would have been saying. Um, you know, I suppose, uh, like, we obviously have them have them tipped to, to go down. Um, you know, I suppose, you know, Cavan are funny. Cavan can have a brilliant performance and we can see, and then they can have a really bad one. I think they will have picked themselves up. You know, we obviously have, a, a for Westmead, a standout player in Sarah Dillon. Like, she's been, you know, the go-to player all year. I know she hasn't. Um, she's still the go-to player, and, and they haven't, you know, racked up big scores in, the, in, their, in, their, in their two matches. Um, but, you know, she could have a really... If she gets enough ball, she could do a lot of damage to teams. Um, but that being said, you just feel that across the board, Cavan have more options. Um, they've probably, as I said, they're reeling after the way they lost the game last week. Um, and they'll, they'll be putting all that motivation into getting a result this weekend. I just feel that they'll, they'll, they'll be too strong for Westmead still, still and all. Yeah, you know, Cavan have only won one game all year. They've kind of always be more competitive and Westmead like I think Donegal against the league they put up a right battle and in fairness when they played Galway they were doing well for the first quarter and they started making silly unforced errors and and that cost them there, there as well um, and we wish both teams the best luck never like anybody being relegated to and we'll talk more about that on next week's show so that's it for part two when we come back we're going to have a bit of fun we're talking about something serious and we're going to look back on New York's trip to Ireland I like listening sports stars because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. So welcome back here to the final part of Sports Stars Football, a different Sports Stars Football this week. No games to preview, but just having a topical chat myself and, of course, my partner in crime, Neve Kendall. Neve Little had a right cock up there recently, Leash. <laughs> yes, that's one, one word for Darren. Um, yeah, they did. Like, I suppose we'll, we want to, first of all, say that Little have been brilliant. Obviously, massive uh, uh, sponsorship and a massive boost to the LGV and since they came in in 2016. But, yeah, they um, decided to put up a, a sign. They're putting up signs, obviously, in, in, I think they're doing it in all the counties. And look, um, just big, point as well, it's a great campaign. They just made absolutely. one massive boo-boo. <laughs> absolutely. Brilliant campaign. And these massive signs of the of the, 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 the players of the various counties and uh, Jane Moore um, is is pictured and in the underneath or beside it, they wrote Queen's County Royal. And obviously it's a lot of uh, upset to um, to leash people in general. And it, it got an awful lot of uh, bad publicity, we could call it. It's supposed to say good publicity or any publicity is good publicity. But yeah, it got a lot of um, a lot of stick over it now in fairness. And it was, it was a genuine mistake they made. 
Yeah, and look, in fairness, we're not trying to be light on leash as well. I can well imagine, and I might get Killian's thoughts on the Camogie show tomorrow because he is from leash. But I, I can understand, and certainly if it happened to go away on it, and we wouldn't be laughing as much. But as Neve just made a point there, they've done so much work for ladies football and even pumping 10 million in there look they're going to make a mistake every now and again we all make mistakes i'm sure we i'm sure you can tell us we make plenty of mistakes in this show um you know i saw the poster and of course i think it was coming back for more as what was the other option what was meant to go out and obviously somebody in admin messed up now queen's county royalty should never been on the agenda in the first place you know, and anybody that knows Irish history would know that's going back to before the Irish Free State was formed a hundred years ago. So, um, we don't mean to be light, be light on it. It was just, and I think a lot of the criticism as well, Neve, has come in, and especially in social media, has been tempered. You know, they're like, oh, no, you didn't, and all that, and pointed out what they did wrong, but also didn't go over the top, which we often see in other situations are looking for little to be ran out of Ireland or ran out of ladies' football. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I think it was a genuine mistake. And I suppose, you know, maybe the people that's, that was, you know, the, the people in admin or the people that was, you know, setting this up, maybe, you know, didn't realise, you know, didn't know what they were saying wrong and didn't realise that the history behind it. And, you know, I, you know, as, as I said, I think it was, it was a, I don't think it was a genuine mistake. You know, obviously coming back from more or more, as it said now, is, is the perfect one. And it's great. And I've actually, um, you know, seen this, the pictures often. I've seen, you know, some great ones around the, around the country. Um, of, on the different in the different counties, which is brilliant to see. But you know, um, thankfully, you know, people, as you said, haven't been, you know, really going too hard. And I mean, you know, what the LGFA or what the little has done for the LGFA over the last five years and continue to do for the next five um, has been amazing. And you know, the you know, and what they've done, you know, in, in for sports clubs, for the different various clubs, for the schools, you know, the money they've, they've pumped into the association has been amazing, and you know, has been a great boost to to everyone involved. The one thing we have to pick out in them before we move on from it is like, surely they would have run this by the LGFA. I know they don't have to, you know, in one way, but imagine they would have. And surely somebody in the LGFA would have picked up on this because, you know, what a that or I think awfully was Kings County, if my history is correct, I'm not 100% sure on that. But I mean, surely somebody would have picked up and said, no, that's not going to go down well. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd imagine so, Darren, um, you know, I, I don't know, like maybe they all came in, every county one came in and maybe just people didn't really, you know, didn't really look at them properly. I don't, I don't know. Like you'd imagine they would have been run by the, the LGFA, but then maybe they didn't. Maybe just decided to go on this on this rant on their own and, you know, thought it'd be a nice surprise maybe to to um, to the, the different counties to have this these players. But obviously, on that same note, they obviously had these pictures. Yeah, so obviously they're the pictures of the players and that was done, like they would have done a photo shoot with the players but obviously the warden was was an added an added thing. So yeah, yeah the um, could have been interested in being pitched at the time for all we know. Like absolutely, yeah. So um, as I said, thankfully it it's been changed and been sorted out. And I think you know, obviously Little has has uh, apologised to Leash and apologised to the, the people of Leash as well. So that's at least that's sorted. Yeah, and need to say a little have apologised as well, and and rightfully so. And look, is live live and learn. You know, what I mean, and we and we all move on with that. Now, in the, in the interest of bad taste, we're going to have a bit of fun at their expense. Well, actually, I'll put Neve in the spot here as well, because I was thinking about this as well, and particularly with the seriousness of a first, and maybe maybe smiling a bit, thinking of how the cock-up that it was. But it got me thinking. You ask any Hurling fan, they'll say King Henry, Henry Shefflin. You ask Camogie players, 
and there'll be some in different counties, but I mean, always mentioned as either Trace Maher as the Queen in Galway or Kate Kelly as the Queen down in Wexford. I couldn't think for a king or a queen of football. <laughs> so, <laughs> as the head of sports stars, I decided to put Neve to work in this and uh, <laughs> let, her, let her lose all her standing in the game of football. Yeah, <laughs> Understanding is right, but but what we just said for a bit of crack as well. Zena came up. Why not have a bit of fun? Um, past, present players, personalities. If I was to ask you who was the king of football and who was the queen of football, who would you say? Yeah, well, as just to let everyone else know, yeah, he he sent this to me the other night, uh, and I was going what? And then we obviously spoke at the third half um, the other night, and he explained a little bit more. So I suppose. Um, I, I did a lot of thinking about this, maybe too much for my own, like, as I said, this is only a bit of crack, so we shouldn't have got, got too bogged down. Well, in, in, we're, in, get, we're getting in trouble no matter what you say anyway. But I suppose I, I, when I thought about go with the, the football, the men's football at this stage, first and foremost, um, you know, obviously the king being the kingdom, I thought it had to be someone from Kerry. So I went with Callum the Gooch Cooper as the king of football. in King Gooch, so, I like it. King Gooch, yeah, I just decided that. And obviously, uh, you know, obviously had, has, you know, honours the length of our arm, but obviously, you know, it's still, it's still obviously would a lot of, obviously Kerry people, a lot of people would feel he is, is the king of football and he's still, a lot of discussion at the moment is he, is he um, you know, who's better between him and Clifford. But I think most people are still picking Gooch until maybe Clifford has won, won the All-Irelands. So maybe that'll be, be this year for him. But yeah, that's my, my king of football is Callum the Gooch Cooper. King Gooch, we salute you. We'll have to tag him with this as well, which call it and see what he thinks. Uh, but it's been officially declared here on Sports Stars. And yes, we cover ladies' football, but which call it, we are uh, proclaiming our king of football today, Colm the Gooch Cooper. Uh, you are our king. Thank you very much. And he, whatever you pick on the queen now, don't use uh, leashes the excuse now with the names if no, you're picking the queen. No, no, it's, it's definitely not a. Um, it's definitely not a least person. Uh, so my queen is, I suppose, I, I, I don't know if you know this, Darren, but I'm a big country music fan. And the queen of country is the, 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 the one and only Philomena Begley. And I had the pleasure of meeting her on a few occasions. Um, so I just thought on that, by, on that, on that uh, basis, I would go with a Tyrone person as my queen. So my queen of, of ladies football is Ailish Gormley. Oh, excellent. Okay, so, and just on the same note, the two times or three times I've met Philomena Begley, I've been in Ailish Gormley's company. And um, most recently, um, I was at a, a gig through Ailish um, in Carrickmore or Carmen. There were 60 years, their, 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 um, their hall was 60 years in existence and they had a, um, a, a play sort of um, in, to commemorate the 60 years. And it was in Carmen, in, in Carrickmore. And um, to, it Philomena Begley would have started her career in Carmen and she would have been, you know, sort of, uh, as, as in Ailish terms, she cut her teeth there before she became a very famous star. So um, Ailish was chairperson of the, the committee and she invited myself and my sister down to it. And we, Philomena, on the last night, Philomena came and played and obviously the queen of country and she's still a star and coming on into her 80th year in October. But Ailish, I think, is a star of Tyrone. I think anyone that meets her, she obviously played for over 10 years with the club, won all, or with the county, won all stars. But not only that, she is a brilliant person in our community. And during COVID, she was so brilliant to the, to the people in our area. She's still coaching at, in, in Carrickmore in our club. And, you know, she's just an all-round uh, brilliant person. And I think she deserves the Queen of the LGFA. 
queen of football is what we're calling her, Eilish Cormley, Queen Eilish. We we salute you as well. King Gooch and Queen Eilish. She may not like the term queen, uh, oh, uh, Darren. We might have to just be careful how we we uh, we phrase the queen part for her being. I just, <laughs> apart I, from Dodge cheese. I just think there's a social media post coming out tomorrow, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and it, it, it could be the best and the worst decision we've made in three years. <laughs> <laughs> it could, be, could definitely make or break us. And also, I was wondering if it was going to be a quiet show today. I never thought in my life that Philomena Begley would make it onto the sports stars football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to tag Philly, Philly as well. So. Uh, listen, we wanted to have a bit of good, good humour there as well. It was, it was a cock up from Little, but we had a bit of crack as well. And uh, King Gucci and Queen Eilish, we salute you and uh, look forward to getting your reaction to our proclamation here on Sports Stars Football. <laughs> what was also feel good, Neve, was New York coming over to Ireland. Looks to be results in the field of play didn't go according to plan. But I was talking to a friend of mine, Dermot Flaherty, he was down in Limerick for the game last Wednesday. And there was a great atmosphere down there. They even played the American National Anthem and uh, the whole trimmings as well too. And there was players mingling afterwards, uh, signing autographs, bonding with, with young supporters as well. This is from a team, yes, they have um, uh, Irish people there. Their captain is from Kilkenny, but a lot of Native, Amer- Native Americans as well um, that are not, they don't have the Irish connection as well. It's great to have it back. It was a fantastic experiment as well and hopefully something that can build relations again across channels as we move past uh, a COVID world. That's it, exactly, Darren. And, uh, you know, I suppose for, for New York ladies to celebrate their 30-year anniversary this year back in April as well, and that was, you know, they, 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 like they did a big promotional work and involved in it too and got a load of past players and, you know, the, the expat community over there to, to get involved and to celebrate and, you know, try to get players that had played over the years as well. So, yeah, I, although, as you said, on the field of play, you know, they didn't things didn't go well for them and, you know, obviously, you know, shifted, I think, something like 10 goals and, and 40 points or something in the... In the in the two games they played, but they um you know they really enjoyed the experience. Obviously, um you know for the players and the families or their 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 extended families that's living back here in Ireland or their you know the the their extended families yeah that's what I'm saying that live back here it was a great opportunity for them to meet up with them and see them and and you know get get to you know celebrate ladies football in 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 over there which is is brilliantly um and it's it's great for the the GEA community out there because obviously the the, the football is the main thing and it, it keeps them um, remembering home over there and it, you know it's a, it's a big family community and it's great to see yeah, it's a long time since they've been known for as well. And New York have enjoyed success in the All-Ireland Junior Football Championship over the years. Like, not just the way Limerick welcomed them on the Wednesday, but Antrim, the marketing Antrim did. Like, you know, you'd imagine this was like the World Cup of football, the way they built up their game as well in David Park the previous week too. What is the best way for New York going forward in regards to ladies' football? Obviously, work has been done uh, across the water itself, but... I often wonder too, like, you know, should we be looking at sending a league champion over? Can ladies football afford to do that? Like, um, that has been done with the Connacht Championship in the men's game as well. Like, you know, um, no doubt the aim is there and the will on both sides is to build up transatlantic relations. But can we build it up in a way that we're going over to them as much as they come over to us? Yeah, that's something I think in a couple of weeks ago, Darren, we talked about the possibility of like, you know, the Division 3 or Division 4 um, league champions maybe going over and playing a match over there. Like, that that would be something. Imagine how you could, and I think you even suggested then we could, you know, take the men's end of it too and do a double 
you know, where the I two teams the go over. And, I'll just say yeah, it, yeah, do you remember we had that? And I think that was, <laughs> it was a really good idea. We should put that in the comment box for the LGFA going forward. But, you know, it is, I suppose, box something. <laughs> <laughs> it surely is. But um, obviously, uh, you know, New York are coming home for Fela. This they're actually home. Um, they're home this week, I think, for Fela. Obviously, Fela's on at the weekend. Coming and actually, my club Maracloons in. It's in Kildare. Unfortunately, the the, the end of, of the Fela is not like the way it used to be. Obviously, it's no staying over. It's all been done in one day. One day. But New York are coming home to another 15 team coming home for it. Um, actually, the guy that's involved with them is from Monaghan. He's from True in Monaghan, and he's actually has pre-organised. You know, they're coming home, obviously, you know, there's a, a big, a big te- a team coming out, a big family of players coming with them. And uh, they're actually playing a tournament on Thursday night. Um, Thursday night. They're playing a tournament so tomorrow night. They're playing a tournament in through against Armagh, Tyrone and Monaghan, another 15 set up. So we're involved because uh, Niall McKenna has, has asked us to get involved and they're having a big, a big night um, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, or tomorrow night in, in through ahead of their games at the weekend. So, you know, they're coming at another 15 level. They're, them kids are all, you know, uh, born and bred New York children, obviously to Irish parents potentially or probably. And I mean, that's, I mean, the future of New York is going to be massive, but at the moment it's still just finding its feet. But if they, if they can keep they, them girls, and I, I, I know in the past any New York teams come home to Fela have always done very well, Darren. And you just feel that down the line, it, you know, they'll certainly be coming home and, and maybe... You know, um, if you can get it consistently coming home or it can work out, I know obviously money and the things is a bit different trying to get home. But as you said, if you could do it every second year, then maybe they come home one year and then the following year a team goes out to play them, it could be something to, to work on. Yeah, but like, even just as you reminded me too, I remember the conversation because I've always thought, like, look, Grand Gobby benefits out of every five years, but I don't like the men's set up with the current champions go over because I don't think anybody benefits out of that because three years at least out of the five, New York are getting walloped by a series of Ireland contenders. But, you know, like they compete in the junior championship here. If they were to win the junior championship, which they're well capable of doing uh, in the near future, go up to intermediate. But even going over there, if some form of sponsorship fundraising can be done, because like counties can fundraise when they're over there as well, if I'm right. So, you know, there's a chance of of balancing the cost a little bit. But imagine like the reward that would have been awfully this year, for example, I think, um, to go to New York as part of their prize for winning the league and have a crack. If awfully win, then they're like overall league champions. But if New York to win a couple of years in a row, then we move it to Division 3 as well. And an Irish team coming over to New York is going to give a massive lift to the game because they'll be hearing all these, even for the young children that don't have any Irish connections themselves, bar maybe to their parents, they'll be hearing these stories of legends um, from you, from, from your and and playing playing now, which colours, and they'll be they'll be hearing about the Carla Rose or the or the Ficky Walls or you know wherever the case may be, like you know. And I just think it'd be a great thing that that start that building. It's something to look forward to there. Then they come over play their championship games and see how it materializes over a couple of years. Definitely so, Darren. I mean, and that's you know it's the whole thing. Can't see, can't be. You know, you need to those kids over there need to see. You know, you know, need to see it in, in I suppose, in real life, play football played, um, you know, by the top teams. And you know, it's 2003, the last time the All Star team were over there. That's a long time ago, Darren. And I mean, it's nearly 20 years. And you know, that that you know, that was great. That was actually the start of the the whole All Star teams going away. Um, you know, every second year going uh, trips abroad then to play against the previous year's team. But you know, that was brilliant then. But you know, that's the last thing that something like that has happened. And you know, I suppose it, it would be great, as we said, it'd be a great boost to, to know that every year, every second year, 
and um, there was a, ca- a county team coming over to play play in New York in, in Gaelic Park and imagine the crowd and the support that that would drum up and you know I mean as we, we talked before you know the the, the 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 expats over there are brilliant I know the Monaghan LGFA in New York or the Monaghan uh, sorry Monaghan GA in New York have been brilliant and, and even just this year give were great support to give money um, back back home to the ladies underage teams in, in Monaghan and, and you know to help get strength and conditioning done and stuff you know and that's and you know Katrina Brady and Bonnie there's loads of um, you know Katrina an ex-player uh, you know there's loads of players over there that would only love their kids are coming on and growing up would only love the opportunity to have um, you know a proper no I shouldn't say a proper I mean you know see a county team over there and play in, uh, play in New York and Gaelic Park yeah, and I just think it could be massive. And even you see there are two which colours, the, the support would be behind it on both sides of the Atlantic and something. But look, overall, we enjoyed having New York over as well. Great to have them back in the championship too. And we're looking forward to them returning again next year. But I like to think that we get some of our teams over there every now and again. Sure, who knows? Maybe we'll do a podcast over there one of the days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another one for the comments box. We're willing to show. travel. I think we, we were going to the show, we're going to be kicked out of the LGFA. Exactly, I think the same. This, um, this, this before, show has taken a real twist the wrong way, <laughs> Before we finish up, we are going to finish, though, on a serious note. And um, many people will be aware, but a lot won't be, because it's really the drive has been going on recently. A fundraiser um, in aid of uh, Ashley Kennedy. I'm not going to read the full transcript now here on the GoFundMe page, but we wanted to highlight this. Um, because this, this is a tra- tragic story which goes a young, very, very enthusiastic footballer uh, wanted to play for Bally McCarbury and life all in front of her and one incident that took place last April has completely changed her world forever. Um, I'll read the first few paragraphs. Hi everyone, my name is Louise Kennedy and I'm Ashley's mother. Thank you all so much for your amazing generosity and the support of Ashley, which we have received and to Jim, Ashley's uncle, in establishing this fund. Your bake sales, sponsored walks, busking sessions and tremendous kindness have helped us take the first steps in what will be a very long journey with Ashley. On the 7th of April 2022, I received a phone call which every parent fears most. And what was a routine journey home from work and school for everyone in our family culminated in Temple Street Hospital. On walking the last few yards to home, our beautiful little girl Ashley was struck in the head by the wing mirror of a van and in the movement from one side of the road to the other, her life was changed forever. Ashley was so fortunate to immediately receive the help of passing motorists of our wonderful neighbours and of the life-saving paramedic and air ambulance teams which treated her at the scene. She was immediately airlifted to Dublin, such was the severity of her injury, where she remains today. Ashley is an amazingly energetic and outgoing girl and a dedicated sportswoman. On the day of her accident, she was not only looking forward to the end of her first year in the presentation secondary school, Clamel, and the long summer ahead, but more importantly, to trying out the new football boots, which she had bought at training later that evening with Bally McCabry LGFC. Ashley was all, has always been a fierce competitor on the pitch, and she has proved herself just as much a fighter off it. Despite the life-threatening nature of her injuries, Ashley has fought her way to this point and now she needs your help. I'm not going to read any more. It's a long letter from Ashley's mother. Um, there's been great support there at the moment. Like €67,000 uh, has been raised from 976 donations. They need, they're targeting €300,000. Um, this story got me as a father as much as anything else. At first, uh, when I read it, and then when I read 
the letter through, like, you know, and my heart goes out to the Kennedy family because my heart goes out to every family in the situation. But when you're thinking there, Ballon McCarberry is such a home, a hub of football, like, you know, and this could be a player. And who knows, maybe this will be a player we'll be talking about in 10 years' time. Um, all going well and everything everything changes. That's it, Darren. Yeah, very, very sad situation. Um, you know, it's just, what, 10 weeks ago now since it happened and, you know, a young, she's, what, 13 or 14, we're reckoning, um, just the fact, she's in first year, you know, and, and first year in present, you know, obviously first year, um, you know, I suppose, the, you know, I suppose we keep bringing up COVID, but two years of COVID and two years of restrictions and everything, and then obviously things were just starting to open up by April there. We were back to normality, you know, back to school, finishing up school and finishing up a first proper year at, at first year as well. Um, you know, and it's just so very sad. And, and the, you know, the, the circumstances are so tragic around it, Darren, the way it happened, um, you know, and obviously, you know, everything around that is so tough on the family. And as, as her mother alludes to, like, I mean, they haven't left her bedside since. Um, and obviously they want to try and get her home. And that's that's what the money's going to go towards. And it's a very, very um, worthy cause. And we, we plead with anyone that can give um, any money towards it to, to please try and support it as best they can. Yeah, and if anybody's organising any fundraiser and or, or, or events, let us know here in Sports Tales. We get it out there. We'll include the link as well too, because like even me just thinking there as well. Like I always think in the first year, it's like it's like the the last age of innocence because before exams and teenage life take over and the, the journey to adulthood really gets going and you're there, you're looking forward to the end of first year, probably everyone's favourite summer because it's the first three month summer, uh, getting to play sport as well, loving her sport and. No, I mean, even I can even see yourself as well, myself, you know, like we'd be having cracking joke and uh, well, bits in the podcast there today, but you read a story like this, it's just really, really, it's the heartstrings. Yeah, it really does, Darren. It really brings it, you know, it brings it home and in, you know, that life is so precious and so, you know, things can change in the blink of an eye. And, you know, for that family, it, it did change. And all we can do is say we're thinking of them and hope that, um, you know, as I said, people donate towards it and that they can get, um, you know, get, get Ashley home as, as 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 soon as can as they can and get set up to be able to get her bring her home and that'd be brilliant to see. Yeah, to get their home is the, main, is the main thing first and foremost as well and hopefully that's sooner than later for the Kennedy family. We're taking the all this time and please let us know anything we can do here in Sports Stars to help promote any fundraising that helps Ashley to hit her target and get her home. Um, that's it for the end of the show in Sports Stars football this week. As I said, it was going to be topical. It was serious there at the end. It was lighthearted in the middle as well and a lot discussed too. And we thought this was going to be the quiet show. Again, we went the full hour myself and Eve talking <laughs> football, but that's what we love doing every week. We've no third half next week. Yeah, we'll be back with Sports Dance Football next Wednesday where we'll be looking ahead to the two live matches in TG Carr in particular. Kerry against Armagh, Mead against Galway. We'll also touch in Dublin, Donegal, Cork against Mayo and the Intermediate and Junior Championship semi-finals. Eight games next week um, and plus probably a relegation match in there as well. With that being said, we hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Darren Kelly. This was Sports Dance Football. I'd like to thank my partner in crime one last time, Neve Gedlin. Thank you, Darren. <laughs>